There's some great promises right there. Why don't you just close your eyes? Father, we thank You that You are Waymaker. You are Promise Keeper. Father, that You are there, that You have given us so many promises in Your Word. Father, that we just pray that You bring them to light as we read them, as we remember them, as so we can speak them into situations that we find ourselves in. Thank You that You are ever-present with us. You are never changing. You are always there. And Father, we just come and open ourselves afresh to You right now. Right now, Lord, have Your way in each one of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thanks, guys, so much. Now I'm going to try not to laugh and walk off the stage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I said, did you have to do that on the day that I was preaching? I don't, I don't preach very often, but my goodness. Anyway, that's, what we, that's what's happened. And what fun it is. What fun it is when we are in family. Your biological family might not have been fun, but do you know what? God's created us for uh, His family, and His family can be fun. And it's up to us. If it's not fun, well, then look at yourselves, because each one of us brings the fun element to it. I wasn't even going to go there, but gosh, we've had a fun morning. And um, I think that, that is so true. I mean, I love worshipping together because we come together in unity. We pray together. There is so much that we do in families. As I said, your family, biological family, might not have been wonderful. But God knows, and he created you for such a time as this and, and to live in those situations so that you can learn something from them so that you can bring something else into other families that you come into. It might be your connect group, that's family. The church family, that's here, that's family. So I'm going to look. Everything that I'm saying today, when I say family, I mean any of those situations, any of those sorts of things. So then I'm just going to, oh, well, I'll explain that a little bit more. But I started to think, why is family important to me? Here's some of the things I thought. It brings a sense of belonging. As John talked about in his preach a couple of weeks ago, it shows, shows you what belonging is, or it might even show you what belonging isn't. You learn. You can learn from bad things. You can learn from good things. Let's, let's be learners all the time. There's unconditional love. Whatever you do, you can work through it to become stronger and closer together. You might not have experienced that, but that's what you can experience. And so I can say, reach out for it, go for it in your connect groups, in the church family, because that's what Jesus gave us. He gives us, God gives us unconditional love, and it's up to us to be able to give that to other people. And it's only through unconditional love that you actually work through things. If you, don't, if you don't have unconditional love, if you don't accept that from Jesus, he gives it to you freely. If you don't accept that and grow in that to give to other people, then you won't grow through situations. You'll walk away from them. I'm going to say a little proviso there because there are some situations that you do have to walk away from, things that are toxic. So I don't want to go to that one today. Family is a group that walks things, through things together both good and bad, and they support each other. You know, th this week as I've been looking at this message, there have been so many different things that have come in, church-wise, Connect, which is my key leaders team, um, and my biological family that I've just thought, you know, that's what it is. We're supporting each other. We're helping each other. We're helping to go through some good things, some great things, and also not go through, but 
we want to be there for the good things too. <laughs> and, but also some things that are really, really devastating too for people. We're in it together. It's where we learn about forgiveness, to give forgiveness and to receive forgiveness. It's where we learn about sharing and encouraging each other, about accepting others with different ideas and about being accepted ourselves. There are a few things that I've said to our family over the years, my, my kids fam and family, and, and a few fa families that have sort of come into our midst that we have along as our family. There are, there are some non-negotiables as far as I'm concerned. One is honesty. However hard the conversation is, you still need to be honest. You don't need to be brutal, but you do need to be honest, and there's ways of being honest about things. But I, I hold that very, very high. Honesty is a really crucial part of, of any relationship, um, but that's what I, I ask of you, and you're going to get from me is honesty. Hopefully it won't be brutally. I will try not to, but sometimes I know, and I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not alone. Sometimes it just comes out. <laughs> And even in this message, probably it'll just come out for some of you. I get it. <laughs> Another non-negotiable is communication. Important to have communication. Prayer is part of that. Prayer is a vital part of that. You know, when we've gone through different situations, both good and bad, we've, got, we've, we've thanked God for the great things and, and we have thanked God for taking us and helping us through the things that haven't been so good too. But prayer has always been a vital key. Um, I think I, I said this probably might have been at a women's thing, I'm not sure. Um, last year, I wanted to make sure I had unpacked all the boxes because we've shifted into a house three years ago and we were renovating and stuff. And even in the last house that we were in for 11 years here in Handorf, I still had boxes that um, had things in it that I hadn't unpacked, which I still have a couple of those, but they're things like ski gear, so I'm not going to unpack that because it's a once-off sort of thing. But all the other things, I thought, I want to unpack them. And so I was going through this one box that had a lot of um, actually pictures and different things, and I, I, I didn't want to get rid of them, but I didn't want to use them either. And I pulled out this one, um, which was actually a cross-stitch that I had made when we were in Minleton, so back in the 80s. And, um, and, and it said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, um, and it just had a, it was a cross stitch of a house. And I thought, I didn't have, I, I did frame it and had it up in there. And then we had 11 years here at Handoff and I didn't put it up because I just thought, oh, it's not, um, like, just didn't go with the decor. <laughs> anyway, I got to this, this house a little bit different and I went, you know what? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've had that up all in our house at, at, at Nam, where our kids were probably at their most formative ages, and they would have seen that every day. They might not have read it every day, but they saw it every day. I think it was in a, I don't remember. I think it was in our dining room. Um, anyway, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And look, we are all serving the Lord because I just felt, and I was as I read, I thought. This has happened. This is a promise that's come to pass. This is something that I spoke over our family, and this is something that I put out there. And as, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They're not actually, I mean, I was going to say they don't have a, they don't have a chance to not. <laughs> but, that, but that's because they understand God's calling on their lives. It's not because I haven't given them a chance to not serve the Lord. It's them understanding that God's calling, and we've made sure that they do understand what God's calling is. Because without God's calling on your life, you can't do what, you do, what they're doing, especially. That's Joshua 24, 15, if you want to know that straight from the Scripture. 
the one resounding thing that keeps throwing in my face as I've looked at all the things that have happened this week and, and over time is that we are not in this journey on our own. We're designed to do it together. Yeah. And we're designed to do it in families. I'm going to call it in families because that's what it is. And, you know, even Pastor Phil talks about um, C3 being a big family. John mentioned that today. We're a big family. We're a tribe. We're a family together. And the sooner we get that and understand our part in that, the easier and the better it is for us because there's certain things that you do in families that you will just do. Like, even like serving, it's not a job to serve. I mean, I know our kids complain at different times when they've got to wash the dishes or whatever. <laughs> but they're things that just have to be done. And so we all get in and we do that together. And, and when you do it together... When there's a couple of you doing it together, I know, remember going back many years as a kid, <laughs> we had a roster system in our house and two of us had to be on the dishes at a time and we fought every time we did it together. Um, but we were doing it together and I can look back and, and I actually remember we also had lots of laughs and lots of fun times through that time as well. Ephesians 1.5 in the message says, Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. The Passion Version says it a different way. It says, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus. Your children, you're in a family, okay? New Living Version says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Are we fulfilling what he wanted us to do? Are we being the good child in the family? <laughs> or are we bucking the system, doing things? You know, that, like there are some times that that just happens and you do and whatever, but I'm just saying this is a time to actually look at yourself and look at what's going on in your family, in your connect group, in the church family, and go, we can make a difference. We can do something different. So if you think you're on, on your own, I want you to look up. Our theme for the year is look. I want you to look around you. Around you here are, are your family. God created this family. He created us. He wanted us as his children. And so we need to look up and we need to look outside ourselves. You know, in the last few months, we've been thrust into isolation. Some of us have been on our own, some within our own families. And it's very easy to look at yourself and what is happening to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we, get, when we continually do that and we look at ourselves, we're actually going in a downhill spiral. We weren't created to just look at ourselves and what's going on for us. We're created to look for after other people as well. So think of in your, where you live at home, the, the neighbours that you have around you. How many of them do you know? How many of you, them have you been able to reach out to and help through these last few months? Let's keep that going. If you haven't done it, then go, okay, there's one that I could actually do something for. Why don't you get in and do that? I encourage you to do that. So through this time, I, I was directed to the parable of the paralysed man who was lifted down through the roof to be placed before Jesus. It's in Luke 5. So let's uh, read it um, from verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. 
Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, "'Friend, your sins are forgiven.'" The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? All right, that's going on. Oh, no, do I want to keep going? I do want to keep going. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I was thinking about actually getting some volunteers up here, but then I realised it probably wasn't the right distancing to do that. (laughs) So you've got to imagine, I want you to imagine with me that there's a mat on the floor here and there are four people holding a corner each. Now it doesn't actually say four people, it says it's friends. It might have had to be six people even or even more, it depends on how, how big the guy was. And then there's someone lying on the mat. And I want you to think about the people that are in that story. There's the guy lying on the mat there's the guy, the, the people that are holding the mat. And then there's also the, Jesus, obviously, and then the people that are in the room because they couldn't get into the room. So can you imagine just a, <laughs> someone being lowered through? I can't get, can't get in, so someone just suddenly being lowered through here. And you've been waiting all day to come in to get prayed for and someone thinks of another way. We'll get to that person. I want you to think about these different people and, and ask yourself, ask God to show you, is this me? Is this someone else that I can help? Is this something that I need to be, what, how do I need to be putting this into practice? So think about the person on the mat. There's always times that we need to be the one on the mat. We need the support of others to get through what is going on in our lives, be it physical, healing, Emotional, relational, financial. But we aren't meant to stay on the mat. His friends took him to Jesus to be healed. His sins were forgiven first, but that's another whole sermon. I'm not even going to go there. He got healed because his friends took him to meet Jesus. They did it together. They're what we call family. They did it together. If you're on the stretcher and you've been on it for a while, perhaps you need to get your connect group to pray with you and help you to get to Jesus so that he can heal you. So that you can get off the mat and be one of those who helps someone else when it's their turn to be on the mat. Now, I know that there are some physical healings that, that take a long time to see and you might not even see them. I mean, there's, other sorts, well, there's all sorts of healings that don't come straight away. So I'm not not trying to get down on you if you feel like you've been on the mat for ages, but you actually don't have to stay on the mat all the time. You can actually be one of those people that help people too. Make sure you get the support of your connect group to pray with you and to lift it and to leave it with, and to bring it before God and let him have his way in that situation so you can actually get off the mat and hold one of those corners. Don't stay on the mat. 
Don't become a victim and live from that paradigm. You're not helping yourself and you're not helping anyone else. Ask God if you've been on the mat too long. You might need to ask a connect leader. Am I on the mat? Have I been on there too long? Do I need to actually be doing something a little bit different? Please help me. It's as we ask each other and we help each other, we actually see the victories come. We actually see the things happen. So is that you? Are you the person on the mat? Or are you one of the people carrying the mat? Carrying the guy on the mat, I should say. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take just one person to carry the guy. Imagine if he was on, his, on someone's back. That would be a much heavier load. So we need to be in families to help each other to carry the load. Don't try and do it on your own. That's not what we're here for. That's not how God created us. He created us to do things together, to help each other and to be in it together. That load, if it's, one, if it's just a one-on-one, it just becomes a burden often. We're mu- it's much better when we share it with other people. That's why God placed us in families and why we make sure everyone in this church is connected to a connect group. We have had connect groups since day one of this church. 25 years this year we've been doing church together as a family. And we started with a connect group. It was called a home group or a house group or something back then, I don't know. (laughs) It's changed its name, but the whole reason is because those smaller groups is how you can support each other. On a Sunday, it's it's very hard. It's not that we can't do it because we do. We pray for people if there's specific things. We come together, prayer nights, we come together and we pray for specific things. But your connect group is where you actually do life together. It's where you learn about each other. It's where you can share some of the things that are going on in your world and, and know that other people are walking with you. They're not about to go and gossip anywhere else. They're sharing and walking with you through those situations. John 3, 14 and 15 in the New Living Translation says, Since I have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So that's Jesus. He's telling us, wash each other's feet. Be there for each other. Help each other. Wipe off the grime of the world. We're, we're made to be in the world, but not of the world. Help each other through those things. Not only in the difficult times, because that's where you generally, like, that's where you, mostly you go for it, but in the good times too. We help each other to grow. Because we're together, we help each other to know what God is like, because we just, we can't learn that just on our own. We actually see uh, and hear about other people's experiences with God. So that actually helps us to get a bigger picture of what God is like. Romans 1.12 says, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. What a great thing that is for each connect group. Let your faith help the other people in the group and let their faith help you as we, as we add our faith together. The unity that that brings, we see things come to pass. Why does this matter so much? Because the number one epidemic in our society today is loneliness. There are so many lonely people in the world. They feel alone and they feel disconnected. You might have felt like that through the last few months. Let me tell you, you are not alone. God is with you. And if any time you feel like you are alone, I encourage you just to stop, to look up and say, God, come and be with me. Be with me. 
be with me. He, he wants to be with you. It's, it's us that pushes him away. You know, we need the church. We need people who will love and support us no matter what we're going through. We're actually designed for connection. Each one of us is designed. We're designed for a relationship. So what if you're one of the people, because we're talking about the people that are holding the mat on the rug, what if you were one of them and you just decide to let it go because it was just all too much? What would happen to the guy? He'd fall off. Okay, probably slide down or, you know, headways or whatever. I had all sorts of visions of <laughs> how that could happen if we did that visually. <laughs> but, you know, you let them down. So don't. Like we need, we are actually needed to be together. If you feel like it's becoming a burden, then you need to talk about it. We go back to the communication that I talk about. And you might need to pull someone else in on your team to be able to help with the load. But don't let go because then you miss out as well. You miss out on giving and you miss out on receiving the blessing that comes in the total thing. The decisions we make never only affect ourselves. There are always others around us who get affected by every decision that we make. And often we just think about what's going on for us, what's going on for me and what's going to be the best thing for me. And and there's nothing per se wrong with that. But I just know God is wanting us to look outside that and go, what's the best thing for our family? What's the best thing for our connect group? What's the best thing for our church? What do we need to do? And so you might need to talk to those people, your connect leaders. You might need to talk to other, other leaders so that you can actually get that full picture because we only see in part, we actually need everyone to bring the whole thing together. Much of our identity is based on relationships. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife, I'm a nana, I'm a team member, I'm a pastor, I'm an employer, I'm all of those things. And those relationships help to define who I am, but they're not the only thing that defines me. My relationship with God is the primary source. Look up and find out what that is. If you don't know about what your relationship with God is, spend some time with him. Ask him and he will show you. He does show you. He wants the best for you, just as we do. We know who we are in, in relationship to other people. People that have gone through a loss of some sort, either a divorce or a death or something, they feel um, an emptiness when those people leave. And in, in a relationship, and you, a relationship that breaks down, there's an emptiness that's there. We actually... Um, oh, sorry. When the relationship ends, many people have trouble coming grips with who they are because they've defined themselves on that relationship. So they've defined themselves in being a wife or a husband. But actually, we need to define ourselves in who God says we are. Yeah. You know, they may have um, lost a job and they suddenly go, oh, they don't know what who they are. They've lost their identity, but they haven't. Jesus is the one that gives us our identity. We are daughters and sons of a living God, which is so awesome. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are members of God's very own family. If you don't believe it, then I encourage you to say this over and over again to yourself. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. Everyone that said yes to Jesus, you belong. If you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, I encourage you. This is the perfect time to be able to say, yes, I want to be part of that family. I want to, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. As I was um, doing some research for this, I um, was reading through some things that Rick Warren says. He is the um, pastor of Saddleback Uniting Church in the oh, not Uniting Saddleback Church in the United States. 
but get the United in the right place. Um, and um, he is also the author of The Purpose Driven Life, 40 Days of Purpose, or what, I'm, what Am I Here For, I think is what the current thing is, which is a worldwide book. If you haven't ever read that, I encourage you to do that because it, it helps you to know who you are and your purpose here. Anyway, this well, thing that I was reading through talked about what he says about family and relationship. He says, that's why God wants us to gain our identity from a relationship that'll never end, our relationship with his family. It doesn't matter what family you've had in the past. Your identity doesn't come from it. Your identity comes from your relationship with God's family. In fact, your physical family was just a channel to get you into God's family. God used your parents, whether they were good parents or bad parents, to bring you into this world. But his real goal was to keep you in that family. Sorry, it wasn't to keep you in that family. It was to put you in his family. Your spiritual family is actually more important than your physical family. Physical families don't last forever. People grow up. They move away. They get divorced. They die. But your spiritual family will last forever. How important is our church family? So important. Each one of you are so important. You're so important to me. You are so important to the person that's sitting next to you. You're so important to the person that's sitting behind you, in front of you. And all in this room, everyone is important. So that's about the people that are on the, um, that were helping on the mat. You know, uh, to carry them out, I should say. They, um, It doesn't actually say just four people, but the ratio of one to four, one on the mat and four or six or whatever, shows that's sort of where our life should be, about the amount of time that we should spend on the mat and the rest of the time helping each other. So if you're, I think even if you're on the mat, that's a bit of a guide of looking at what you need to do for you. And as it is important to do that. I'm saying there is times that you need to do that, but you also need to be looking out for each other and looking out for people that you can help and show God's love to. Probably way over time. Yep, but anyway, one more point. The other people that I said to were you might be someone that's need, needed healing in the crowd. You've been lining up to see Jesus all day and suddenly the roof caves in and in someone jumps the queue. <laughs> what is your patience level at that point? <laughs> How generous do you feel at that time? How thankful are you? What do you say? Hey, look at me, look at me, I've been lining up. Or are we prepared to let someone else come and get their healing. Let's rejoice with those that get the healing, that step in, that want to step into to their relationship with Jesus. Let's rejoice with those people. Let's look beyond ourselves. Why don't you just close your eyes and ask God, who needs your attention today? Who is he directing you to? It might be someone in your family. It might be someone in your connect group. It might be a neighbour. It might be a co-worker. It might be someone that you haven't seen for a long, long time, but he's directing your attention to them. I want us to be the people that are carrying the guy on the mat today and ask God who he wants us to help carry into his presence, to receive healing from him, to receive perhaps it's the, a, a relationship with him. It's a healing. It's a healing of their soul. 
Who is it that God wants you to reach out to? Father, I thank you for each person here and Father, for what you're doing in each of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are taking us on a journey, on a journey with you, on a journey with each other. And Father, I pray for your hand upon us as we we do that journey together. Lord, that it will be life-giving because you're part of that journey that it is life-giving, that we can give thanks to you through all situations. We can rejoice together. We can cry together. We can hold each other up when we need holding up. We can, we can help each other through all sorts of things. Father, for I pray for each person here, Lord, that you're, you would show them who that person or people are that they need to reach out to this week that they need to be your hands and your feet, your mouthpiece to their world. Father, we will be a community that as a family together, it's not an inward looking family, but we are looking out to the other people because of the strength of this family, because of the strength that we have together when we come together and are united together, we can go out and we can help other people. Show us, Lord, who those people are. Let us be your, your hands and feet this week. Father, I pray a blessing upon each person as they do that, as they step out. Holy Spirit, that you'll remind us each day to look to you at the first thing of the day and ask what you need us to be doing. The first thing when we wake up, that we get the, uh, the right focus on our day, that we make sure we're totally in tune with you and that we're asking you of who we can reach out to and who you want us to reach out to. Father, we confess and we say sorry for the times that we get off track. But Lord, we want to be on track. We want to be on track with doing what you've called us to do as your family here on earth. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you haven't experienced a relationship with him, with Jesus, he can show you those things, who you are and who you can be, who he wants you to be then I encourage you, talk to someone about it. It's a time now you can actually put your hand up and say, yes, I want to do that. I want to have talk with someone. I want to learn more. So if that's you, why don't you put, slip your hand up right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If, that's, if you're watching, you can actually um, send us a message and let us know that's the thing. And we can actually touch base with you if you're watching online. We'd love for you to respond in that way too. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we go into this week, that we'll see breakthroughs. We'll see things happen because we have stepped out of um, your what you've at base of our relationship with you. We're not stepping out of that relationship, but we're stepping with the base of that and taking you into the world that we live in, that we work in, the people that we meet. Go with each one of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.